Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose. Well, here we are again. 443rd time, apparently. I find that rather hard to believe that you've managed to discuss gadget and gizmos on 442 previous occasions and very soon. And if you multiply that by the, say, 10 or so gadgets we discuss every show, then that's an awful lot of gadgets. It is. So what are you going to start with today? Well, we're sitting in traffic. I mean, everyone hates Mm. sitting in traffic. Your blood boils. Or does it? Well, yes, it does. It does raise your blood pressure, but not simply because you're angry with all the traffic Mm -hmm. around you. According to some research from the University of Washington, it raises your blood pressure because of air from the surrounding cars, the pollutants getting into your car Mm -hmm. and and then exacerbating your your breathing and making your blood pressure higher. So they did a test where they compared some test subjects driving around or being driven around in cars for a long time. Mm. And then the same subjects with HEPA filters, that's high-efficiency particulate air filters installed in the cars. And they found that the blood pressure was noticeably higher when they didn't have these filters fitted. So it's not just the frustration of the traffic, it's actually the air around you. And apparently peak blood pressure occurs at 60 minutes of being in the car and last for 24 hours. I know traffic's bad and probably much worse when you're commuting in the United States, but I don't think I've ever been in traffic jam for 60 minutes yet. Well, you've driven through London. No, no, that's true. Yeah. I try and avoid it now yeah. completely, but that's it's not so much because of the pollutants, more just because it's they're trying to do everything to make it as miserable as possible. Yes, well, they are these days. Yeah. So yeah. how do you monitor your blood pressure? Which, which well, of course, itself makes your blood pressure go up. It does. <laughs> yes, as do parking apps, as do everything. Easier just to walk, except, of course, there's all the traffic, stuck in traffic, which probably raises the blood pressure of pedestrians as well, well I would imagine. As someone wisely once pointed out, you're not stuck in traffic, you are traffic. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Ah, well, it's even ruining, ruining the good name of jam. It is. <laughs> so you can... You can uh, you can you can go to your doctor if you think you have high blood pressure, and you can recognise. Oh, 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 that's Thank the you. most amusing thing. You can go to your doctor. I I rang my doctor about three weeks ago uh, about a persistent cough I had. I was quite worried I got an infection. Uh, I have actually got a telephone appointment uh, in two days' time. That was three weeks after I rang. So yes. go to your doctor. Well, uh, sorry, I shouldn't have. But I just well, you may not have seen your doctor for a while, but how would no. you recognise him or her when you do see them? You can recognise a doctor because they wear a stethoscope round their necks. I don't think they ever do use they? a well, stethoscope. They used to be a doctor do, in the yeah. house. Do they now? No, I'm they not sure do. our doctors use a stethoscope on me for a long time. It's a, well, they don't use them. They just wear them round their necks. It's a little badge oh, right. just in hospitals. Just so, so people you know don't think they're, they're, they're a butcher who's just gone astray. It's how you can tell them apart. Nurses have upside-down watches. Oh, yes. Uh, doctors have stethoscopes. Consultants, Consultants have, have Rolls Royces. Yeah, <laughs> they do. Yes. Yeah. So, and the trouble with stethoscopes is that you need a doctor to operate it. What if you could have a remote control stethoscope? Ooh. This is a, quite a clever idea, and it is a, a wearable stethoscope. It's about the size of a packet of chewing gum, if you can remember what a packet of chewing gum looks I like. I can remember. It still exists, doesn't it? I suppose it still does. I, don't, I, I just don't imagine you chewing gum these days. No, I haven't done for many, many, no. many a year. Ah, oh, juicy fruit. And, well, oddly enough, that was the one I used to like, yes. 
I only said that because of um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. You'll remember it being the first line spoken by the big Indian guy. I can't remember that. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, this uh, this stethoscope has two microphones in it. It has some memory, it has a battery, it has Bluetooth. One microphone faces in and the other one faces out so that between them they can cancel the noise from what's going on outside. That's very clever. Very clever. And you can put multiple of these things on one patient. So they use them in the tests on premature babies. Hmm. So they can monitor different parts of their their lungs and, and their heart and whatever. And it's like having, they say, up to 13 highly trained doctors all listening at the same time and listening to each other as well. So all in, in sync. Hmm. So good idea. How is this going to be used? With the doctor, always another excuse for remote diagnoses. Yeah, I suppose it could be used for remote diagnosis, but it means that in the intensive care ward, they could just stick stethoscopes on everyone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. And monitor all remotely, which is yeah. very clever. Very clever. Yes. And is that actually something that's happening now, or is it another, th- another of those wait and see, and it might it turn is, up in 10 it years? It is in development, shall we say. Right, okay. Coming soon. Always useful. And possibly coming even sooner than a pill that will track your vital signs. This is a rather clever device from MIT. And it monitors your heart rate and your breathing, and it sends it all to a nearby computer. They tested it on sleep apnea patients, and they found found it 93% accurate when the patients stopped breathing. I don't know if that means they lose 7% of patients. Yes, (laughs) that's a bit disconcerting. Yes, it's better than it's better than nothing, though. Yes, and I don't think that the patients necessarily pop their clogs the moment they stop breathing, but it's just a way of, of measuring it. Anyway, it's a swallowable pill. It's another remote operated device for um, for monitoring your health. It's like that rather um, splendid film years ago with was it Raquel Welsh called Fantastic Voyage? Remember? Fantastic Voyage, yes. I mean, we're sort of getting there now. Yes, we're still not going to shrink. Raquel Welch down to the side that she can fit inside your veins. No, that's true, but that's mere quibble. It is a mere quibble. And, Um, of course, all these things tend to take place in hospitals, and the problem hmm. with going to hospital is superbugs. You notice how everything is segued together. Yes, hospitals are full of ill people, I know. They are full of ill people. Well, you can wipe down hard surfaces, like tables and doorknobs and, Mm. and other things. What you can't wipe down is fabrics. So, and that's where most of the superbugs are carried around. So, how do you get rid of them? Well, you can use a disinfectant called benzalkonium chloride. You probably guessed that already, which kills all bacteria and 99% of viruses, apparently. Now, the problem with benzal, benzalkonium chloride is that it washes out. So, you can't really use it in sheets or in uniforms, mm. but you can use it in curtains. And since there are curtains around every bed in a hospital, mm. the curtains themselves can prevent the spread of super, lo- super bugs. Isn't that clever? That's good. Those, surely people wearing fabrics will come through the curtains. But as they pass through the curtains, then the idea is that the curtains will suck the superbugs out. Oh, I see. Oh, yes. gosh, that is very clever. It is clever. It's very mm. clever. I thought you'd like that. A lot of clever stuff today. We must have one of these to commemorate it. (laughs) 
So DAB, digital audio broadcasting, it is the future, or rather it was the future. And in fact, Share Radio started on DAB. Indeed it did. Indeed it did. Um, And it is no longer the future, it is now the present. Well, very shortly to be the past, because it's being replaced by DAB+, which apparently has better audio quality. And the problem with that is that current radios will become obsolete. So if you yes. have a DAB radio, it won't be able to pick up DAB+. Plus. Yes. Now, this is very odd because I listen to Classic Air from time to time and I heard these sort of adverts, you know, you vaguely turn off when the adverts are on. And it said, if you can listen to a couple of these stations, you're OK. Well, I've got a very old radio, which actually came from Share Radio, and um, it still seems to pick up these new stations at DAB+, Plus, even though there's nothing on the radio saying it gets DAB+. Plus. Well, so more I think people recent... shouldn't throw their radios away unless they've made sure. Unless they've made sure. But if, you, if you're if you buying a second-hand radio on mm. eBay, say, mm. then you probably shouldn't because it's likely that the person selling it, selling it because it doesn't pick up. Indeed, as you mentioned, Classic FM, which as of 2nd of January next year, will stop broadcasting on DAB and will move entirely lock, stock and little twiddly thing to DAB+. It's quite brave. I mean, they say it's better listening quality, but... By and large, most people I know who have DAB radios, they've just got the one speaker and they're, they're not that bothered about quality. No, you don't exactly. see many people doing what people used to do in the old days with FM radio. And they'd, you know, if they were quite keen on high fidelity, they'd actually have their radio through their proper hi fi system. Yeah. I haven't seen anybody do that with DAB with a couple of no, indeed. woofers indeed. and tweeters and other things I don't understand. So I don't quite know why they're doing no, it. No, nor do but I. But radio is still apparently very popular. According to Rajar, which is the Radio Joint Audience mm-hmm. Research Unit, uh, 15 million adults listen to their favourite radio station at least once a week. Now, I was rather thrown by that figure because, according to my research, there are only 44 million adults in the country. So I don't know where they get this mm. extra 9, 11 million, no, 6 million adults. What's all my maths is going crazy for a minute. Maybe maybe people get double counted. Well, maybe they do, but you'd think they'd know if they're doing their research how many adults there are before they claim that more of them than there are are listening to the radio. Well, it turns out the Home Office don't actually know how many people are in the country, so perhaps Rajor is rather better at finding people than the Home <laughs> maybe, Office. Yeah, maybe they are. <laughs> but of those people, me. 42% listen to digital audio, hmm. which is which is quite a lot, really. It is. It is. Um, Right, what is a good moment for us just to take a quick pause, and then we shall return to seeing what the latest uh, is from the world of gadgets and gizmos. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. Share Radio, not on DAB, so you won't lose us when DAB Plus comes comes in. Um, Where now? Well, there's a new Kodak camera about to come out. Mm Mm-hmm. And it has a touch screen with a flip-out LCD viewfinder. Um, it has two major disadvantages. Mm. One is it costs $5,500. Whoa. Which is a lot for it's a quite camera. quite a bit, yes. The other is that it shoots on Super 8 film. Good grief. Can you even Good get it anymore? Indeed. Well, you can get it. Um, and each cartridge holds 50 feet of film, which isn't enough for three minutes of footage. It'll record sound. The sound's recorded on a separate SD card, which you have to supply, yes. through a, well, a microphone, which you, you also think they have would have thrown that in for that price. You think they would, wouldn't you? 
And then when you have the film processed and converted to digital, which frankly should have been in the first place, then they can sync up the sound with the with the video. Um, the five and a half thousand dollars does include one cartridge of black and white film. Uh, with the cartridge is another five thousand dollars a time or something. Oh, who knows? Uh, I didn't. It, even but there must be that. some rationale behind it. It can't there be as must. ridiculous as it sounds. I think it is you as have... ridiculous as it sounds. How bizarre! It's bizarre. It's ludicrous. I'm I, sure I the launching imagine. any product costs a lot of money, so somebody yes. must have thought it was a good idea. Well, but who on earth is going to be spend five and a half thousand dollars on what is frankly a pretty crappy camera? I've seen some footage shot with this camera, and it is as bad as you would imagine Super 8 to be. That just seems extraordinary. It does, doesn't it? No, it does come with a free case and a trigger handle thing. I mean, it started the career of Steven Spielberg, but that was quite a long time ago. It was. Super 8 film. I mean, these days, budding Spielbergs are using their iPhones, I suspect. Yes. Yes. I, I, I just find that mind-boggling. That's almost the most extraordinary thing you've discussed for a long time. No, oh, I thought you'd like that. Yeah. Well, let's move Good. on. Well, let's move on to Derbyshire. You used to spend quite a lot of time in Derbyshire. Perhaps Indeed. you still do. Yes. And the thing that I noticed when I visited you in Derbyshire was the number of dry stone walls. Yes, it's full of them. Around there. Yeah. Yes. Difficult things to build, dry stone walls. And to repair. Yes. And to my, repair. My, my neighbour up there actually went on a course um, about that very thing. Really? And if I asked you to build a, a dry stone wall six metres high out of boulders, you might think twice about it. Even if you have been on a course. I, I wouldn't even think twice, no. You wouldn't even think twice. No. Well, what you need is a heap. A what? A heap being a hydraulic excavator for an autonomous purpose. It's a really clumsy acronym. But what the heap does is it is based on a 12-ton walking excavator. Mm. And this walking excavator, it is an excavator with four legs, but each leg has a wheel on the end of it. Mm. So it can clamber over things. Eventually, 12 tons, it's big. And this is an initiative from EHT Zurich. Now, we've mentioned EHT Zurich many times before, and they are really big in the gadgetry innovation department. And quite I can't imagine they have many dry stone walls there, but okay. Yeah. They probably don't. Well, they have fitted this with uh, GPS, with LIDAR sensors, and with various control modules. And what it does is when you first put it into a location, it scans the site and makes a 3D map of it. It then picks up and weighs each boulder and records the shape of that boulder in 3D. And then it'll build the wall. And in the video that I saw, it built a wall six metres high by 65 metres long out of not just boulders that are too big for you to lift, Hmm. but bits of concrete lintel, other bits of sort of junk that have been left over from a demolition process. And very, very impressive. Yes, I wonder what sort of walls to build, because by and large, the dry sand walls in Derbyshire are you know, only come up to sort of chest height. Um, yes. You wouldn't want them to be nearly 20 feet high. You um, wouldn't. Oh, that was quick. Well, I mean, yes. six, six metres yes. times three, and yes. you add a little bit. Uh, yes, and yes. Yeah. VAT. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> no, that would make it far too big. It um, would. That would sound quite intriguing. I just don't know yes. who's likely to want to use it. Well, it's hard to tell, isn't it? I, I don't know who's going to want it, but it's, that's the idea of it, really. I suppose if you're demolishing a building and you want to get rid of all the rubble, then you could have one of these things build your wall rather than shipping it away. And then there's your wall made out of 
Made out of broken down rubble. Hide all the rest of the rubble behind it because nobody exactly. can see over it because it's 20 <laughs> feet high. It's like creeping out of the I carpet. understand it yeah. now. Okay. So what now? On now to Deliveroo. Deliveroo, one of the many people who will try and deliver things to you, along with Just Eat and um, Gorillas and all those. And Deliveroo, they have been having difficulty because people are having less takeaways because of the cost of living. Or or even some people fewer takeaways, yes. Well, it, I was assuming that the people I was first talking about had an uncountable number of takeaways. Oh, I see. Okay, we, right. Would be less. But you're right, there should be fewer. Um, and they, as of today, or if you're listening to this tomorrow, mm. yesterday, yes, have introduced a new shopping tab where you can buy things like um, electronics and other household goods. Gracious. So I had a look, as you'd imagine, at the electronics section, and I found you could get, for example, four AA batteries delivered to your door for mm. £5.19p. What would they normally be? About £2.00. Yeah, rather less. But they are Duracell batteries, so they're proper batteries. Well, so yes. Duracell tell us, and we believe yes. them. <laughs> yes, that why. is a very successful advertising company, it is. I admit, yes. Uh, they did an iPhone cable for £10.50, which I suppose oh, is what you'd pay for. Well, for a decent iPhone cable, you might it, pay that. Well, well they, both if of you these, need it urgently, that's fine. Of course, if you can wait until tomorrow, there's always, you know, Amazon. There's always, there's always Amazon. But both of these are actually delivered by GoPuff, which is odd, because GoPuff being a rival... Uh, grocery delivery company. So I don't quite understand how Deliveroo are claiming to deliver it when it's not them delivering it at all. Have you used any of these? I don't think I have. I've used Gorillas, yes. Okay. And they're very good. Because you urgently need an onion or something. Because I I, I need some stuff to cook for supper, and while I'm at it, I'll think, well, I may as well get some of those little bottles of Cobra beer because no one else seems to do them, and I'll get myself a sandwich for lunch. And it all came within 10 minutes. Which is oh, really quite impressive. Quite impressive. So Deliveroo say they will, later on next year, be also selling stuff from Boots and Screwfix. And that's oh, where the wow. real excitement comes. Yes. Gosh. The idea of being able to order up your new pair of pliers or drill well, battery. Yes. I mean, now that Wilco's gone, where do you go for your excitement? I mean, you, it, it, you must be having a terribly <laughs> depressing time. I remember how you used to love their pick-and-mix nuts and bolts. Their pick-and-mix nuts and bolts were glorious. And if I was a kid, I would be really taken by their pick-and-mix Lego, which was splendid. It's not oh, actual Lego, of course. No, it's Lego-like, Lego-ish. How lovely. I used to get quite excited by pick and mix itself, though I always went for a few tellers. I didn't really mix Did very you? much. Yeah. Oh, well, you're missing the point of the picking and mixing. I know. I know you're just I picking. Know, I know. I know. But that was when Woolworths still existed, and that's an awfully long time ago. It is an awfully long time ago. <laughs> yes. I don't think I'm even going to bother explaining to our younger listeners what it was. It's just, Woolworths? It'll no, be no, too no, alien. Too alien to the <laughs> Okay. Let's move on. Uh, so, on to um, the world's first disabled astronaut. Yes, well, there is such a chap. His name mm. is John McFall, mm. and he's joined the uh, European Space Agency, and he has a prosthetic leg. And therein lies the problem, because they discovered that the prosthetic leg is made of carbon fibre mm-hmm. filled with high-density polymer foam, which is impregnated with resin. And they say, well, the problem with this is it gives off gases which is not a problem in everyday life. But when you're in the International Space Station, where all the air is continually recycled, the the gases given off will just go round and round and increase all the time he's there. Oh, extraordinary. So you might say, well, can't he just leave his leg behind? Because, of course... Well, I was going to say, space, if, if, if he's weightless, it. is it 
Is well, apparently not. Apparently, yeah. you need, he needs the leg to keep fit while he's up there. Oh, sure right. Okay, yes, some kind of sense. hopping yes. uh, exercise. They also say that it's also needed in case of emergency evacuation. Now, I can't quite understand what kind of emergency evacuation <laughs> in space would require two working legs, rather than just floating between uh, the space station and whatever's come to rescue you, the AA probably. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um well, as we know from watching For All Mankind, things keep going wrong in space. Things certainly do. Always impossible. There seem to be no missions when not, where where everything goes right. No, no. Well, dangerous space place. In space, no one so can what's, hear you. So what's going on? They say. Well, so I don't think he's going to go. Oh. I think they're going to ground him, unless he can come up with a different model of of uh, prosthetic leg. I mean, you could have a wooden leg, couldn't he? Well, uh, that's sort of what I was thinking. Or some, yeah. or some simpler, more old-fashioned leg that isn't yeah. perfect but might suffice. Seems yeah. great shame if he's already started training to be told you can't go up. Yeah, yeah, that would be. I mean, surely the whole point of the space mission is to try to explore new avenues of science. Somebody should come up with something. Uh, yes, to, uh, boldly going where no man has been before. I yes. think that's the purpose of the space, space mission, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Well, we still got um, we still got a, a short. Much time left. Okay. Well, also up in space. Well, not really in space. Up in the air. Uh, we've talked on this program before. I think about Gravity Industries and their founder Richard Browning, mm-hmm. who has built himself a flying jet suit, an Iron Man style jet mm-hmm. suit, and it's an ingenious device. Rather than having one big rocket strapped to his back, which would probably well, burn his bottom and possibly his ankles. Mm. Instead, this has two rocket blasters that fitted to each arm, which is quite clever because you, you point them down and then by changing the position of your arms, you can go forwards or sideways or up and down. It does, of course, require considerable strength to hold your arms in, in this position. And you must scratch your, your nose. And you must try not to scratch your nose yes. or you will blow your head off. Yes. Which would be unfortunate. Anyway, uh, back in 2021, he demonstrated this to the Royal Marines, where he did a test showing how he could take off from an inflatable boat and land on a ship. Now, there was a problem with this, if you're trying to invade a ship or board a ship, is that the thing is very loud. And since both your arms are tied up flying, you are Mm. really a sitting duck or perhaps a flying duck Mm. as you're approaching the ship. So the uh, the answer is a hedge-tracking automatic rifle, which is mounted on his shoulder and which turns as he turns his head. It's a bit of latency. And presumably there's a button that he can press mm. with, his, uh, with his thumb, and then he can shoot at the people who are trying to shoot at him. Yeah, it doesn't sound the most surreptitious way of getting on. What's wrong with no. the James Bond way of, you know... Bit of scuba gear and bit of scuba a dinner gear. jacket under your wetsuit. And a, a dinner jacket under your an unrumpled dinner jacket under your yes, wetsuit. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes, I agree. Oh, things get nice worse, idea, not better. Where's it where's is. the sartorial elegance these days in exactly the world of gadgets? Exactly. That thanks to Steve Kaplan, we'll be back with more gadgets and gizmos at the same time next week. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose.